Welcome back to Alien Minute. Alien Minute's the daily podcast that breaks down the movie Aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And folks, we are here to bring you minute number 75 of Aliens today. Brady, today is our last day on Aliens Minute. Have you had a good time? I've had a great time. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I wonder if people think that you and I actually talk like this through our radio persona. You don't Brady, talk like this all you, the time? Yeah. Well, Kyle... We sound like a couple of QVC hosts. We do, but you know, you kind of have to do put on a radio host voice for doing these things because if you ever hear people just talking to each other, it comes across as the most bland. Yeah. You know, look, I like the content on NPR. I don't like the delivery on NPR. Not all shows, but some. I know the ones you're talking about. When I used to work in college radio, that was one thing I told everybody because we had an extremely independent state, like indie rock station. Like the music we played was like so out there. It was crazy, you know? So we'd have music like Man Man or something like that you play on the radio. And I would always... I worked as the head DJ and I'd always tell my DJs like, I want you guys to sound like, you know, more like corporate rock radio DJs, but you don't have to have, you don't have to lose your edge. Like I want you to sound excited about what you're talking about. Cause this is a lot of fun to talk about this stuff, you know, but it's uh, when, when you get into podcasting, sometimes you get some people on here and they get uh, really thick into the drone and it's like, guys, if you're not excited about being here, I'm not going to be excited to listen to you. So hopefully people don't find our voices and our delivery too cheesy, but uh Hey, we're here to talk about some aliens. You want to get into minute number 75? Let's do it. Great, folks. This minute begins with Bishop closing the storm windows and ends with Hudson having one of his patented freakouts. So uh, this minute, a lot of dialogue in here, but I think it does a really great job of setting up just how bad of a situation the Marines are. At the beginning, Hicks is taking stock of all the ammunition that they have left. And it, it things are not looking good, folks. No, things are not, not looking at good at all. Yeah, it's uh, just a just a scant little bit left that they have uh, that they were able to salvage off of the APC. Um, but again, it's you know that's what this movie does. It continues to take us and put us in bad situations, and things just get worse and worse and worse and worse until the movie's over. You know, like just the scene where. Uh, Bishop gets down into the big pipe and he's got to crawl out to the radio antenna and, you know, like, or the satellite and realign the dish so that the drop ship, he can remote pilot the, the drop ship down to get him. It's just, that's such a bad situation to be in. He, Cameron is great with the claustrophobia uh, of this film. And right here, not only do we have kind of a close quarters situation that these guys are in when they're taking stock of what they have left, uh, everything just gets a little bit smaller, gets a little bit more closed in and it feels like they've got their backs completely up against the wall and they don't have anywhere to fight after that. But, uh, I like the way that Hicks is kind of pep talking everybody here, you know? Yeah. It's interesting because I wish we were going to be able to cover the next minute as well, because you get something very unlikely where you've got Hudson who is, just complaining up a storm, being stressed out, acting really immature, as I'm sure a lot of us would do in the situation. And Ripley, instead of just breaking him off and telling him to shut up and having some little heroic moment, she she sort of like gets him in line and calms him down and, you know, uh, says like, this is where we need you. Yeah. This is your worth. We need you. You know, I, I need you to fulfill this task because you're the only one here who can do it mm -hmm. and problem solved yeah uh she lets him know that he has value to the team exactly but but, but doesn't you know she doesn't go light on telling him like you you got to get it together man because you know if we have one loose chain in this you know, one loose link in this you know the whole chain falls apart yeah uh but of course that's next minute but we do get mm -hmm. to see hicks here show a little bit more humanity when he tells newt you know don't mess with the uh Whatever the, uh, it's a grenade, I think. Grenade, yeah. yeah, and he calls her honey and everything. So yep. again, we're establishing this guy as you know a uh, I don't know a dude, a real person, and not just this rough military man. Yeah, I like his leadership style. He doesn't seem to lose his cool unless it's like absolutely necessary, you know. And kind of like when he does talk to uh, Hudson and Vasquez in a minute, he's just like, "Hey, we need everybody out there. To stay frosty." I feel like. 
you know, like Ripley is a little bit tough, but of course she needed to shut him up, you know, but I, I like Hicks's management style a little bit more, you know, like yeah. I, I, I would like to take, uh, you know, have a leader like that in this kind of situation. But um, yeah, like he, like he tells Newt, you know, like be careful with that. And then she puts on the colonial <laughs> Marine uh, like yeah. helmet there. And it's actually really cute, especially, you know, when she kind of gives him the salute later on in the film, but uh, Carrie Hinn as a, as a young girl putting that, uh, that helmet on is just, is really adorable. I love how Hicks is sitting here, Listing off all the weapons that they have or don't have. Yeah. And the only thing Ripley zones in on is, what about the flamethrower? Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that she has any yeah. experience with. I <laughs> thought that was kind of That cool. was funny. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's got like half a tank in it or something. It's funny, like, because later that uh, other dropship comes down and she has... That scene from the '80s movies that is missing these yes. days. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, the Let's scene in Commando where he's on the beach and he just starts suiting up. and yes. everything. Oh, the, God. the gear, the gear scene so where they cool. go into a room of just guns and rocket launchers oh, and just God. load up with everything. And you know, which, the, taping all those guns together is the most badass thing I've ever seen. I remember seeing that as a kid, and just being like, "Holy crap, she's amazing!" Yeah. You know, it's pretty, uh, pretty, it's pretty awesome. But we we don't have enough of those um, <laughs> arming scenes in films anymore, and that's no. a real shame. But you know, it's funny because earlier there was an Edit, a scene that was edited out of the film where Hudson is bragging about everything that the Marines have. He's telling like, you know, we got this laser focused Gatling gun system and pulse rifles and blah, blah, blah. And he's going on over all this stuff. And it's funny because then they get their asses handed to them yeah. by opponents that are just biological creatures. And in this scene, they kind of had the strip down of that scene that was edited out of the film where Hicks is just like, this is all we got, you know, and <laughs> a lot of good it did us when we had a full arsenal, but this is kind of what we're dealing with here. So a uh, good scene and setting up just how feral of a situation they are and, and for the rest of the film. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? What, 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 yes. On those? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Um, so we're talking about Hicks here. Michael Bean gives a great, Subtle performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think James Remar's Hicks might have been like? And I know James Remar, who was originally cast, they did some shooting with him as Hicks, and then mm-hmm. he had to leave the project. His reasons why he left are up for debate. doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I like James Remar. It's always yeah. cool to see him and stuff. And I think he would have played, you know, I, I think he would have done fine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's not. it, it would have been a little like obvious that he's going to be your your hero because he's a gruff you know manly man whereas michael bean is so subtle that it almost seems when you you start to meet this character that he could be a villain he could come you know be untrustworthy because of his just kind of weird mysterious quality yeah yeah and the fact that we're putting emphasis on this guy yeah he doesn't really show much emotion he steps up in the moments, you know, it, it is for, it's funny earlier on, he's just kind of like looking at Ripley when he comes out of the cryo sleep and like scratching the back of his head and we don't really see anything until the, until a pone is gone. You know, you, you do kind of see the two of them together in some scenes chatting with each other and you figure that maybe his rank, he outranks everybody else by a little bit, you know, but we don't really get that uh, until it kicks in later in the film. Uh, how would James Remar do? It's it's hard to say because, you know, I'm really honestly not that familiar with his work. I'm very familiar with Michael Bean as watching you know, Terminator and this. And I do feel that we kind of lost out on uh, one of the leading men of what could have been in the 90s. You know, just kind of it sounds like every time he was up for a role, they cast uh, like a bigger name in it, you know. Yeah. I want to say that he was actually at one point James Cameron wanted to put him in the lead in Avatar. And that really? didn't happen. Yeah, and I think he's a, he's a fine actor. Um, he's done some great voice work in video games. He did, of course, the voice in Hicks in the Aliens Colonial Marines game that came out. And if you ever want to look up just a complete disaster of a project, look up what happened behind the scenes with that thing. That's a lot of fun. But so Michael Bean has had kind of that career as a voice guy. Uh, but I always wish that he had been in another Aliens film, you know, uh, or that, you know, I, I like that 
Hicks dies in Alien 3 because I think it makes the story a little bit more important. But there was also an alternate universe where I'm sure there was a Hicks movie that would. Did you ever read the treatment for Alien 3 that was going to be Hicks? No. It was his main story and he had like Bishop on his back. Can you the find whole time. this online or something? I think you can. I don't remember who wrote it, but. Uh, it's basically like I think Sigourney Weaver wanted to exit the project. So this idea for Alien 3 was she was going to be there for just a little bit. And then I think there was like it had to do with like terrorists and stuff, I think. And maybe they were on a space station and, and Hicks was the main character with like, you remember in um, Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. You Chewie, know, has, Chewie has C-3PO on his back. It was going to be like that with uh, uh, with Bishop. So, hey. yeah, I don't know. It sounded kind of weird, but I don't, I think for the emotional arc of the series, the way that we ended it with Alien 3 was really the right way to go. So, yeah, that's, uh, but, you know, James Remar, um, yeah, I'm really not terribly familiar with his work, but, uh, you know, it's, we, we got Michael Bean and I think he did a great job, you know? Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else for this minute? Uh, not so much about this minute, mm-hmm. but I wanted to talk about. Uh, I was very young when Aliens came out, so I really don't remember. But from what I understand, it was pretty universally acclaimed when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, far, uh, you just it beat, beat expectations for everyone. Yeah. Uh, in a huge way, and then the critical reception, and then of course it went on to garner a lot of Academy Award nominations, including Best Actress mm-hmm. for Sigourney Weaver, That's which right. I think says a lot. Uh, not just about you know her quality as an actress, but the fact that science fiction can be taken seriously mm-hmm. by these institutions. Yeah, and that's you know a clear you know indication of how that uh, you know yeah sci-fi is just as legit as anything else. Um, and it was also a uh, box office success. And I don't know, man. It's like, do you think that Aliens has kind of went away for a little while and then probably in the 2000s started to pop back up in pop culture? Like it wasn't really that spoken of? Yeah, I, I think I think the... Um as soon as this movie came out, it changed the science fiction landscape for forever, especially the science fiction action film. I remember... Mm-hmm. Do you remember the movie Relic? Yeah. So I remember seeing Relic and watching it and being like, this kind of follows the Aliens story structure. Like after Aliens came out, I think that every science fiction action film like followed that structure of mysterious thing happening, group going to get it, group getting their asses kicked, regrouping, and then trying to figure out how to beat this thing again. It's just kind of like every science fiction action film is like that now, and it follows that. Uh, I think that it's influence on design and filmmakers into the future is definitely long lasting. I think there's stuff that's still coming out today. Like I said, early, you know, earlier in the week, Halo, those series of games right. like absolutely ripped off, you know, aliens shamelessly. And I'm glad they did. And they were pretty open about where their, you know, influences came from. And then James Cameron turned around and avatar. He kind of like ripped himself off with aliens and used some of that halo influence and some of the stuff in there as well. And yeah, it's, um, it's, it's going to be around forever. You know, it's a film that, it, you know, uh, everybody wants to recreate aliens. Everybody wants to remake aliens in, in some degree when they're doing a science fiction action, horror action film. And I think while I love it, uh, I do think there are too many people out there copying it. I think everybody wants to recreate it and not, and maybe aren't doing their, you know, their own thing. And that's a shame, but, uh, yeah, uh, film that, uh, will never die. And that's a good thing. Cause it's fantastic. And Probably watch this a hundred times, hundred more times before I die. You know? Ditto. So, all right, you ready to get out of here? Let's go, folks. We are going to go have a great weekend. We want you to have a great weekend as well. And if you've enjoyed the show, definitely check us out. We are Pele Media, and you can find us over at Ghostbusters Minute, Jurassic Park Minute, and Goonies Minute. You can find those podcasts wherever you find podcasts. And uh, we really hope you listen to our shows. We hope you've enjoyed what's happened here. And if you enjoy the Alien Minute podcast, please do visit AlienMinute.com. 
and there's a virtual tip jar over there. You can help John out for the show. And as always, we do want to thank the guys behind the Movies by Minute format, Pete and Alex over at Star Wars Minute. Thank you for creating this format and uh, letting us use it for free. So, All right, Brady, you ready to get out of here? Let's go. Take care. <laughs>